This is Making Stitches and following on from last time when we heard from Ginny's Dorset Buttons, this time we've another star of Kirsty's Handmade Christmas, Hayley Shelton from Dotcraft Studio, who crocheted an amigurumi reindeer on national TV. Actually on the day I said to Kirsty, this is like this is on a crafter's bucket list. And she went, Is it? I was like, Yeah. It's part of every crafter's Christmas ritual, I think. Christmas has arrived when Kirsty's Homemade Christmas comes on the day. Hello and welcome to Making Stitches. I'm Lindsay and it's lovely to be back again with another inspiring maker story for you. If you caught the last episode featuring Louise Armitage, or Ginny as she's also known, you'll have been expecting to hear from my guest this week, Hayley Shelton. Hayley had an extremely successful end to 2020, not only securing a place in the final of Kirsty's Handmade Christmas, but also winning a Christmas card competition on Escape to the Chateau with her illustration work. We had a chat a few weeks back and she began by telling me all about her big TV experience. I underestimated and I didn't realise how many people had applied for it and obviously with the first lockdown, everybody discovering a new craft and then entering I entered quite late um I think it was August I saw something on Instagram a post about um food entries and that they were desperate for foodie types to enter and I commented and said oh is it still open for other categories and they said yes and I thought ah gonna give it a go you never know no harm in trying and then in September I got the phone call and that in itself was um unbelievable (laughs) (laughs) They said, oh, we really like some of the stuff you sent in and um, they particularly like the deer head. Um, And they said, you know, would you be able to do something like that in a festive way for the show? And I said, yeah, definitely. And there was a few phone calls back and forth and then I was confirmed, which was amazing. And actually on the day, I said to Kirsty, this is like, this is on a crafter's bucket list. And she went, is it? I was like, yeah. It's part of every crafter's Christmas ritual, I think. Christmas has arrived when Kirsty's homemade Christmas comes on the day. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it really gets you into the spirit, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, and as a family, we, we really enjoy it. Like My five- and six-year-old, they enjoy watching it as well when it's part of their Christmas and has been for a few years now, so it's really lovely. Well, it must have been amazing for them to see Mummy on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> it was more impressive that they saw themselves on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter saying, oh, I was on the telly. <laughs> Bless so, her. Yeah, true stars were Ted and Betty, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So what was the actual experience like then, turning up? Um, oh, nerve-wracking. I remember we had to drive, and we had to be there really early in the morning, so it was dark, and I was stuck down these dark country lanes in Devon, you know, an area that I don't know. <laughs> And I bumped into Ginny in the morning in her car. Um, So we followed each other in our lost state and eventually found where we needed to go. Um, But as soon as they'd got the formalities out of the way, obviously COVID secure site took our temperatures while we was in our cars. Um, And once we were clear to come out, we did. And we went into the green room, which was like a tent. Um, Paul and Sheba were already sitting in there. So Paul was the woodworker and Sheba carved the egg. And they were already sort of having a really good chinwag. And it was really natural just to sit and join in with them. It wasn't, from that point on, it then wasn't awkward. And, yeah, nerves melted away. Yeah. 
ended up having a really good day. Well, as a viewer watching it, it you did seem to really gel as a group. It was so nice. And, and the same when it was the knitting, the Christmas jumpers people, they, they really, you know, were all kind of encouraging everybody along. And that's really nice to see. It's almost like it wasn't a competition. It was just a fun day out. <laughs> It, well, it wasn't, you know, like Paul says, he said it was more a competition against the clock than it was against each other. You just wanted to make sure that you got your thing made and it was there for them to film at the end of the day. <laughs> but no, for each other, we weren't thinking, mine's better than yours, or oh no, they're going to win. It was, we che like, I cheered for Ginny when she won and it was genuine. <laughs> and yeah, and her reaction and her tears, it was, yeah, smiling now, it was just lovely, it was so lovely. Oh, how lovely. Well, it came across, that camaraderie came across on the television, definitely, for sure. And they were just such diverse crafts as well. I mean, carving ostrich eggs, crochet, dorset buttons and woodwork. I don't know how, the, you know, Christi, it was Christine Leach, I think, wasn't it, who was the judge. I don't know how she made a decision, because how can you compare for such diverse skills? <laughs> it's a really tough one. I know. And I was the same, and she was the same, bless her. She did say, you know, they're so different. And it's, and in the end, she just had to sort of go with her heart and what really sung to her on the day. And she hadn't seen Dorset buttons before, and what a, and what a lovely way to discover them. Definitely. Well, I think Ginny's done a bit for reviving an, an age-old craft, hasn't she? <laughs> she really has. The and it was like the backstory behind that as well like finding the lady that was able to do them and she taught Ginny and all she wanted was for people to know how to do it and know the craft and yeah Ginny's taken that and run with it absolutely <laughs> <laughs> she's certainly done her bit she's held up her side of the bargain after being taught by that lady she really has <laughs> so tell me a bit about your craft then um obviously you're known for your crochet because of this because you did your uh, like is it faux dermy it's called yeah um of, of comet the reindeer that you did on the yes. head on the you know to go onto the wall so how how did that come about so those designs um so it was last year and me and my husband had been house hunting found somewhere and my daughter will get a new bigger bedroom and I was thinking about embellishing and adorning the wall. Um, and I found this wall online, this Serdar Husky in Waffle. And just looking at it just reminded me of a deer. And I thought, well, I need to make something deer with it. I don't know what, but, <laughs> but I'm buying it because I need to make something with it eventually. Um, and what I did end up making was the first deer head. But her one has got um, crocheted eyes and floral work on top of its head so like crochet roses and bluebells and other flowers around the top and in the first lockdown I'd also taught myself to knit so I made a matching blanket to go with the um, deer head ready for when we move we still haven't moved <laughs> they're tucked away in a box <laughs> ready but that's where it I only made that one head I didn't really think anything of it I just thought it's unique it's different I want that in my baby's room and yeah, but I ended up sort of submitting it with my application because they ask for photos of your craft. So I sent a few different things and that was the one they were drawn to. Wow. So that, that one deer head set you off on a whole interesting rabbit hole, didn't it? 
It has. And since then, I have made a rabbit head. <laughs> oh, have you? I noticed you've got dinosaurs are your current uh, your current thing that you're doing at the moment, which is brilliant, especially. It's really hard to make. I've got three boys and it's really hard to find crafty things that you can make for boys. It's so That's easy it, my... for girls things. But dinos- crocheted dinosaurs, I, I, I did a few amigurumi dinosaurs for mine when they were little. But to have dinosaur oh. heads on the wall, that's perfect. That's a great idea. <laughs> it does. It just makes it more inclusive. But my story with them is like when I was little, as a girl, I wanted a dinosaur bedroom. When I was eight, I was given my own room. And my mum and dad said, well, how would you like it decorated? And I said, dinosaurs on the walls and purple carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Ever ever the interior designer and trendsetter but my, my dad worked in the carpet shop and managed to get me lilac carpet bless him and my mum found um dinosaur wallpaper and it did have pastel girly for want of a better word dinosaurs on it oh. but yeah I've always been dinosaur mad and I love that my little boy loves them and my daughter loves them and they like my craft as well so to combine the two yeah that's perfect they're, they're the inspiration for all of it really Absolutely. Have you always been a crafty person? Yeah, in one way or another. So as a child, it was drawing. So as a child, my mum would always get me something crafty on my birthdays because I was passionate about drawing. I'd always get pads and pencils. And when I was eight, my nan got me a wooden easel. I got my first set of acrylic paints. (laughs) And they even got me canvases of the smock. Brilliant. (laughs) So you were encouraged, very much encouraged. Yeah, because yeah, my mum and dad are crafty. My dad was a drawer and a photographer, um, so I learned sort of manual SLR photography from him. And my mum was decorating the house every five minutes. <laughs> every time I go back now, it's different. Um, but she's an avid crafter herself. As time's gone on, she sort of discovered paper craft. She's always knitted. Um, she's trying to crochet, and at the moment, she's weaving. <laughs> oh, wow, fantastic. Oh, I think it, quite often it's quite common that uh, the crafts do kind of follow. If you're exposed to them as a child, they kind of, even if you don't necessarily pick them up straight away as a child, it comes to the surface at some point during your life, doesn't it? It does. And when I was little, funny enough, I could knit. I could knit with like four millimetre needles and, well, it might be a bit patchy, but I used to knit like long strips and my mum would then stitch them into purses for me. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> And put a button on but yeah as an adult I've tried to pick up knitting again and I just couldn't couldn't do it and then I picked up chunky needles and chunky wool and that was my way in don't know why that was easier but <laughs> it's taught me that skill yeah do you find crochet easier than knitting then I do I really do mm. I have to agree because you only ever have to worry with about the one loop that's on your hook, don't you? As opposed to a yeah. whole row where you can drop stitches willy-nilly. Yeah. <laughs> and knitting, it's remembering, like, if you put the work down, whether you was knit, if you was knitting or purling a row, otherwise... <laughs> yeah. You go back in the wrong way around, you give ruined your work. Exactly. And then there's a lot of uh, unravelling involved. Yeah. Yeah, and I find it easier to unravel crochet and pick up from where I went wrong than with knitting. Mm, definitely. Now, you mentioned your, your art, of course, and that's something that you're known for too because um, you have your Etsy shop, you have lots of illustrations as well as your, your crochet work. Um, how has that developed over the years for you? Um, how did that start? Again, it was artwork and stuff that I wanted for my own home and 
knowing that I could achieve it myself, I taught myself um, digital illustration, bought myself an iPad Pro and Apple Pencil, and I think it was the second lot of maternity leave when I had a spare moment. It was just, yeah, practice, 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 keep trying, learning how to sort of streamline the brushes and work it all within uh, a certain app that I use. And yeah, then developed a style that I liked and often gave them as gifts. And, you know, I opened the Etsy shop and it's just, you know, if people want to buy them, it's interesting for me to illustrate something new, but it wasn't there as a main source of income. It's a hobby. And if people want to pay me for the hobby as well, then win-win. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) But I saw this competition come up and I absolutely love Escape to the Chateau and Dick and Angel and how they work so well together, how he's so manual and has his engineering and army background, and she's just so creative, and something she sees in her mind's eye, she can create. And it's all for our home as well, which is very similar to what I do. So, yeah, completely addicted to that program. Mm-hmm. And I think anybody that's watched it has then Googled house pr- uh, chateau prices in France before. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can... Gone off on a flight of fancy. <laughs> yeah, I can actually afford a chateau. Maybe not the repairs, but I, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I can buy one. Um, so, yeah, and it went from there. And then I saw this competition. And I thought, well, again, you know, what have I got to lose? And uh, I didn't. I won. <laughs> That's incredible. So what was it you actually designed then? So I designed the, uh, a Christmas card and the brief for that was it just had to have the essence of the chateau and there were so many brilliant entries and designs um, and it was just a matter of they posted 24 of the best ones and six would win. So you had 24 that you could vote from on their website. Um and mine was just the typical, it was a chateau in the background. I changed the avenue of trees that lead up to the chateau into Christmas trees covered with snow. And the family was stood out the front in their uh, Christmas glad rags. Mm. <laughs> and my style was quite um, art deco, minimalist sort of illustration. So faces with sort of lips and eyebrows, but no more features than that. And And yeah, and they liked it, which is amazing. <laughs> And one of the draws to it was um, the winner will, would receive some royalties, but those royalties would be matched and sent to a charity of our choice. Um, and people that would have seen me on Kirsty would have seen that my daughter was in um, Adam Brooks Hospital over a Christmas a couple of years ago. And they made her stay just as, as good as they could have made it. Father Christmas came, Spider-Man came, elves with builder bears came around, the fire service brought a fire engine, they just did everything they could. And they even thought about my son as well, not the patient, but someone also affected and looked after him and gave him presents as well. Um, so my donations obviously are going there. How lovely. Oh, that's wonderful that you're able to support such an important charity through your your winnings as well. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. So you had a very, very successful end to 2020, considering what a rotten year it was for so many of us <laughs> with COVID and, and all the restrictions and everything. It, it's, uh, you know, you, you turned it around, didn't you? <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, it was really positive for me. You know, I left a job that I wasn't really enjoying and started a new one within the NHS um, during the pandemic. <laughs> started there, obviously, I applied in March, I think, had an interview around that time and then started there in August. So, yeah, I've been there six months now. Yeah, entered Kirsty, but also, like, we had the longest summer holiday ever and the most glorious weather, and I got to really enjoy being with my children particularly before the youngest had to start reception. Oh, lovely. It's a special time. Yes, I'll always be grateful for that. Really lucky that it happened that way. I know third lockdown in, Mm. it's not the same. You know, the weather's not as good. We can't play in the garden and a lot of rain. (laughs) So even like the daily exercise and just going out on the scooters and stuff is hard to achieve, but we just get crafty indoors. Absolutely. Would you say that craft has helped you and your family then? during the oh, pandemic massively massively and anyone that is lonely or needs something to do some a distraction craft is it because you just get lost in it and I think it does give you an element of mindfulness and you know within mental health mindfulness is always mentioned and being able to be mindful and just take a minute and stop and absorb what's around you rather than letting all the faults and worries race around you need to take a minute and craft lets you do that without even trying if you naturally like a craft you're being mindful absolutely it just all you can focus on is what you're doing at that moment in time and all the worries kind of melt away don't they i see it's such a stress reliever so after such an amazing 2020, what does 2021 have in store for you as far as your, your crafts are concerned? Well, um, a couple of weeks ago, again, saying thank you uh, to somebody through crafts, <laughs> I I sent a couple of, I, of my things to Mrs Hinch, who is having her second baby. And I could see the way that her nursery was coming along. It's all very neutral tones and sort of woodland creature inspired so I sent her um a bunny for the wall and a deer for the wall and included a postcard just thanking her because I discovered her when my daughter was in hospital and watching catching up with her stories once she'd fallen asleep was there that was escapism for me and Mm. then learning about all her cleaning hacks and nice smelling cleaning products it really helped me battle through PTSD, the other side of it, when we returned home and making my home a really nice and positive space for me again when I'd been taken away from it for so long. Um, so I sent her that and said thank you, and she ended up sharing it on her stories. <laughs> I started that day with 383 followers, and I now have nearly 7,000. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and, and orders for heads are coming in thick and fast. <laughs> Can you crochet them fast enough? <laughs> I can maybe crochet one a day, and I had to really limit it down. Obviously, I'm a one-woman show. I do have a job. I do have children, and and I love making them. I just love that people love them. Like there's other people that are connecting with them the way that I did, mm. and it's really inspired me now. Sort of there was ideas that I had in my head to make, and people have come to me and said, "Can you make this? Can you make that?" And I, oh, well, I wanted to, but you know, now I have a reason to. <laughs> brilliant yeah definitely it's really spurring me on to keep designing new things oh that's fantastic oh well she'll continue watching your instagram feed with interest to see what wonderful creatures appear next (laughs) (laughs) say lots lots of weird and wonderful things people they know people asking for 
things that would be clearly breaches of copyright, like Toy Story and mm. Harry Potter, and you have to sort of say, no, I can't make those things. But also, you know, look at my shop, see what I do make, if there's anything there you do like, because I will sort of customise the deer heads and the bunny heads. You know, I can add an embellishment. There's no extra cost for that. It's, you know, there's one flat price for whatever it is you want, if you want a plain one, if you want a decorated one. And, yeah, all of them are all made in the same way, just by little old me. <laughs> oh, and a bit of love goes into every stitch as well. Oh, it's just, yeah, just knowing that someone's going to appreciate it and there's always that worry when you're making for somebody else and perfectionism, it has to be, it has to be perfect, it has to be right, it has to be what they expect and what they want, you know, you want, what you want is people to see the quality and the care that you put into what you make. Now, once we'd finished recording our chat, Hayley remembered a bit of very exciting news that she'd forgotten to mention. I'll let her explain it to you now. I follow Knitcraft and Hobbycraft on Instagram, and I saw that Knitcraft had posted uh, that they wanted Amigurumi designers for Amigurumi April. So the brief was designing a character enjoying its favourite hobby. Um, so I've entered that, I've done that, I don't want to give too much away, Um but I will be doing a Hobbycraft Stories takeover some point in April with my Amigurumi design. Oh, how exciting. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish you could tell us more. Never mind. So we'll have to keep our eyes peeled for Hobbycraft. Yes, and Amigurumi April, and there'll be three other lucky winners as well that will be sharing a bit about their sales and a bit about their make. So you've been warned, keep your eyes peeled for Haley's takeover of the Hobbycraft Instagram stories for Amigurumi April to see her exclusive creation there. Thank you so much, Haley, for speaking to me for making stitches. It would have felt wrong to not include you after seeing your friendship with Ginny Blossom on national telly last Christmas. And if you'd like to see Haley's work, you can find her on Instagram as dotcraftstudio. I'll include a link to her page in the show notes for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and would consider leaving a review on your favourite podcast app, that would help other people find out about making stitches and I'd be really grateful. I'll be back again in two weeks' time with another episode of Making Stitches for You featuring another inspiring maker story. I look forward to speaking to you then. My name's Lindsay and this podcast was recorded and edited by me and you can also find me on my blog, Postcard from Gibraltar. Thanks for listening and until next time, keep safe and enjoy your crafting. Enjoy your crafting.